You're listening to episode 190, 13 ways to power up your parasympathetic nervous system. This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Tudor Alexander, and I am your host. I hope you're having an awesome Friday wherever you happen to be. An amazing day. It's a great day to be alive every day that I wake up. I always try to remind myself, no matter what's going on, it's a great day because a lot of people didn't get to say that today. So we can take a moment to really get present to wherever you are. Enjoy whatever it is, you know, we all, there's always something to enjoy. That's my, that's one of my biggest things in life is there's always one thing to enjoy. And that's been a huge practice that's helped me get out of a lot of ruts. If you're feeling stuck right now, if you're feeling stressed out, burned out, whatever it is today, I got some really great tools that I've used to help myself get out of those situations to keep myself from burning out. You know, I tend to burn out. I'm a type A go, go, go person. And probably if you're listening to this, some of you for sure are in that same boat. But whether you're not, doesn't matter. You know, we all tend to be on go, go, go mode in society. So, you know, this is why I wanted to create this episode to really get down to what it takes to have balance in your life, right? You know, it's all about balance. It's not about one thing or another being better. It's about having the balance between the two. That's the dance of life. Look at anything in the world and it has this duality, male and female, yin and yang, positive, negative, up and down, hot, cold. We have to balance two opposing but complementary forces. And today it's about balancing the nervous system and the two sides of that. It's going to be really interesting stuff. Quote from Herodotus, old school, good old Greek philosophy. If a man insisted always on being serious and never allowed himself a bit of fun and relaxation, he would go mad or become unstable without knowing it. See, the Greeks knew what they were talking about back in the old day. Reminds me of constant balance and the importance of balance in our life because, you know, as we get more advanced with technology, as we get more things to do, it doesn't actually help our nervous system to adapt and be at ease, to be at rest, to digest. It actually gives us more stuff to react to, more stimulus, more stimuli. We think we're connected, but really we're getting more disconnected and our to-do lists are getting longer. So we're living in an over-analytical, results-oriented, hustle and you know, hustle and bustle, hustle and grind, achievement-oriented society. And when it comes to the perspective of the nervous system, it's not a good thing. We're going to be getting into that today and how you can fix it in your own life. But 13 ways to power up your parasympathetic nervous system. What is that? What is the PNS? You know, PNS, get your minds out of the gutter, not anything else. Parasympathetic nervous system. That is one side of your nervous system that is responsible for relaxation, digestion, and several other important things that happen when you're not stressed out. But this particular topic has been very interesting to me lately because as I work to balance my own life, you know, I've started to realize the value of other things besides the things that I was doing. You know, I'm 
an athlete, professional athlete, have to keep in as much shape, flexible, be you know active every day, eat a good diet, take supplements, all these things. But all that stuff is is important, but it's not the complete picture. You know how you respond, how your nervous system responds, which is the subconscious part, uh, at least the 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 part that is subconscious you have a conscious nervous system too but the part that's subconscious is divided into two parts and that part's the autonomous nervous system the part that's automatic and that part basically is the part that's responsible for how you respond to the world and you can either be dominant on one side or dominant on the other but most of the time we're dominant on the sympathetic side which is the go 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 fight or flight survival mode responding to everything as a threat and and that's not a good thing for our health. That's not a good thing for our stress levels. So that's become a huge area of importance to me to look into how can I regularly strengthen the part of me that wants to rest and digest. This is a very interesting idea. So I'm going to share with you today 13 powerful proven ways that will help strengthen your parent's sympathetic nervous system. And if you can include at least, you know, one or two of these on a regular basis into your routine, it's going to make a really big difference in your stress levels, in your ability to recover, in your resilience against burnout. I mean, this is real stuff here, guys. I mean, this is a resilience I know, especially in the medical field. If you're in the healthcare field, especially now with everything that's happened, that's a huge, huge area of importance. So make sure if you like this, you share it with your friends. If you know anybody in the medical field or in those crisis response, share it with them. Use some important tools, important life decisions. I was I was going to say life hacks, but really honestly, hack to me is like some cute little strategy, some neat thing. But this is, I think these are necessary. You should be doing at least one or two or three of these in your daily routine every day, you know, to help balance out the just overwhelming amount of stress that we are under these days. So if you like this episode, share it with somebody that really will get some value out of it today, will make a difference in their life and their routine you subscribe as well. Make sure you go to the podcast podcast episode that's denseoflife.com slash podcast. Again, this is episode 190 for any links and show notes that you're curious of or leave me a comment at Tudor Alexander Official. That's Instagram, Facebook, or you could just email me, tutor at danceoflife.com. Let me know which one made the biggest difference for you. I'm curious. I, I try to do as many of these as possible. Except the number 10, I'll, I'll let you wait for that one. The number 10, I definitely don't do as much, but it's very useful. It's been proven scientifically that it actually does a lot of use. But number 10 on this list, I don't really do. Most of them I try. All right, guys, here we go. Let's jump into a little music and 13 ways to power up your parasympathetic nervous system. All right. So first things first, we got to figure out what is the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. You've probably heard of these before, PNS and SNS. Well, basically, you've got this whole wiring in your body, your nervous system, right? So nerves that control how you move, you know, how you respond to certain things. They control your heartbeat, your the movement of your organs. You know, all these things are controlled autonomously in part. There's, there's, no, there's a part that's not autonomous. There's a part that's autonomous and subconscious and it's working 
nonstop. And that's a really interesting area of study for a lot of people because it controls some very vital functions. But if you're divided into two parts, which it is, one of them is called the sympathetic, which is basically your stress response, your fight or flight. This is what kicks into gear when you're in survival mode, when there's a tiger, when there's a threat, when you need to go, when you're in action. And then you've got your parasympathetic or rest and digest. And this is what controls the things that happen when you're not in stress mode. So it makes sense, right? If you, uh, you know, let's say if you're running away, if you need to survive, if you need to fight, your body needs certain resources to be mobilized into contracting your muscles, into, you know, getting your blood pressure up momentarily, all these things that are needed to overcome the challenge. Well, of course, things like digestion, you know, sex hormones, all the things that are needed when things are relaxed and there's no pressure, all those things get put offline. Your body can't do everything at once. So it's a very dynamic machine that knows how to distinguish between times of stress and times of abundance and plenty. And this is this is a founded at many, many levels in the body. I'm, I'm super oversimplifying it right now. You've got your growth, uh, you know, things that are kicked in play when you eat certain amount of food and when you fast your body kind of gets into a starvation mode and starts operating differently and that's why fasting has a lot of benefits and that's going to be one of the points on this list but in general you've got these two modes and what's important to know is how you react to the world generally goes by the sympathetic nervous system we are overly sympathetic dominant in today's day and age. What does that mean? Well, if you think about all the things that stimulate your stress response, right? So let's take lighting. Lighting in general, blue light from your computers, from your phones, notifications, you know, emails, you're constantly being stimulated with cortisol, little drops of cortisol and stress. And oh my gosh, I got to do this, got to do that, got to do that traffic, you know, the news. I mean, all the things that are going on, we are under so much stress psychologically right? There's also chemical stress. You are in a stressed mode. You know, that's any kind of stress is like damage to your body. Uh, Doesn't have to be psychological, but it could be toxic. You know, for example, you have a lot of toxic uh, chemicals that are in food, they're in the soil, they're in the air, they're in the containers that we use. I mean, they're everywhere. That's a stress to your body. You know, you have misalignments internally. That's why people go to the chiropractor and, and get massage and all these things, they get aligned because one of the, the sayings that go is that how these little vertebrae in your, in your spine, they it's a very dynamic machine. It's very fascinating if you really study it, but all the nerves connecting to the spine, obviously. So if there's a misalignment in the spine and it stops nervous signal or slows it down, let's say a particular spine segment is blocked up. And so the nervous signals from that spine that go to your liver or your stomach are a little bit slower. So then that affects the function of those organs. That's why people are always looking to get, like you look at Chinese medicine, you look at, you know, naturopathic medicine, it's all about alignment. And alignment is very critical to having a well-functioning body. So, you know, being flexible, having good alignment in your bones, you know, every there's so many different points we could talk about with alignment. But again, I'm oversimplifying it because really it's about having a balance between the two. So how this shows up, one of the ways this shows up is something called heart rate variability. So your heartbeat, the reason the way it is, it's got, you know, like a pulse and then it's got a pause. It's got a pulse and then it's got a pause. Well, 
there's an interval that's measured in between heartbeats. And the more like why the irregular that interval is, the better in shape you are. Because for example, when you're in a stress situation and you know, like you're you're having to run away from something or whatever, your heart rate gets more consistent. Right? So it's boom, 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 boom. It's 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 beating at a very consistent rate and it's consistently fast, right? So you want you want that because you need a lot of energy and a lot of blood pressure and blood to be mobilized to your body so you can get the heck out of there. You know, obviously we have long lived past the days of tigers being a threat to us, but we have the same response to anything that's stressful. When you have an adrenaline response, your heart rate increases and it gets a lot more regular. But when you're relaxed, when you're at rest and digesting, there's a natural irregularity to that because it beats up a little faster when you breathe in because the chest wall compresses and then breathes out, it gets a little bit slower. So there's a lot different interval between when you breathe in and when you breathe out. So there's, you know, but if, for example, you're at rest and your heart rate is still very consistent and it's a little bit on the faster side, that shows that your body is in a stressed out state. You know, a good tool for this is the Aura Ring, if you use it at all. Uh, AuraRing.com, O-U-R-A-R-I-N-G.com. It can give you a good idea. One thing I that ties into this is, for example, if you eat late, if you eat late, that's a stress on your body too. And the Aura Ring keeps track of your heart rate variability. It keeps track of your heart rate at night and all this kind of stuff. So one thing that happens is when you eat like a really heavy meal, your heart rate increases a little bit, especially if there's like toxins in there or things that your body's having a hard time breaking down, your heart rate is going to increase a little bit and it gets a little more consistent. Your heart rate variability goes down. So the heart rate variability is these two sides of your nervous system. One is telling it to go and fire. The other one is telling it, hey, relax, it's, it's okay. And the combination of those two is what creates that variation in your heartbeat when you're relaxed. If your sympathetic nervous system is very dominant, because again, stress, there's so many stresses in our life, there's countless stresses, then that's not good for a lot of different reasons. But I'm just giving you heart rate as an example. And that's one way you can measure to what extent have you strengthened your parasympathetic nervous system? You know, what's your average heart rate when you're sleeping? You know, what's your recovery rate after an exercise? You know, what's your heart rate variability? Again, it's not something to obsess about, but they're important tools for some of the things I'm going to share with you in the coming list here, because all these things are very qualitative, but they're very powerful and important for your life. So parasympathetic nervous system, you know, in a nutshell, we are stressed and overstimulated. That makes sense, right? You don't need any science for that. You don't need like superior understanding. We are overly sympathetic dominant in our go, go, go society. So a lot of these things that we've put on the back burner, they're actually very important for maintaining balance because there's a cascade of things that happen in your body, in your physiology, in your mind when all this stuff adds up. And if you're not taking care, then burnout will visit you and burnout will leave its mark. So you want to make sure that you have balance by allowing your body to recover easily, allowing it to handle more stress by being more robust by healing, doing the healing that you need to do emotionally, physically, anything else. So all these things I'm going to share with you, they're very simple. Most of them are free or very easy and accessible. 
Uh, and they're very powerful tools that I've used in my own life to try to bring my body down. I get revved up easily. I'm a go, especially if you're a go, go, go person, I get revved up easily. And since like, it's not a problem for you to go, it's not a problem for you to take action. It's not a problem for you to jump into it. Well, that comes with a cost because if you're from zero to a hundred very easily, you're going to burn through the fuel very fast. So you need to learn the opposite, which is, okay, how do I calm myself down? How do I take regular breaks? How do I, you know, practice strengthening the muscle. It's, it is a muscle. It's called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is responsible for a lot of these uh, parasympathetic benefits and there's ways to strengthen it. Actually, it's like a muscle by activating it and making it work uh, through different things. There's still a lot of science that's coming out on this stuff, but again, you know, you don't need science to realize that you're by default in an overstressed society. So, Let's get into this list. 13 things that will power up your parasympathetic nervous system. Number one, massage. Massage is a wonderful tool, especially if you have somebody that really knows your body that can incorporate all kinds of alternative techniques, maybe some oils, some hot stone massage, some lymph drainage, uh, you know, a lot of these advanced techniques. If you find somebody that can really, you know, do those things, stretching for you, some dynamic stretches, some different types of stretches, some static stretches, some gravity stretches, all those things are super important, and uh, when you find somebody, if obviously this will cost. You know that's one of the things that'll cost on this list. Not all of them do, but massage is an invaluable tool. I would get a massage every week if I could, every other day maybe, maybe I had too much, but all the time, whenever there's an opportunity, find somebody that can work on your body because it's so valuable. There's so many proven, documented benefits from massage, and it helps you reconnect to that relaxation response. The second one is cranial sacral. It's kind of in the same boat, but not really. Cranial sacral therapy is very, very powerful therapy. It's, oh, it's one of my favorite for relaxation, like physiologically relaxing. This is one of my favorite because I have a very, very good person that does it. She's amazing. If you can find somebody in your part of town that does good cranial sacral therapy, they are a golden, golden asset in your fight against stress and burnout. Cranial sacral is a very advanced technique where somebody, basically a therapist, works with your spine and spinal movement. It's very interesting stuff. But basically, your spine, the fluid in your spine has a pulse, just like your heartbeat. And the pulse of that can go in different ways, in different directions, different speeds, based on you know what state you're in. And long story short, it's a therapy that allows you to kind of restructure, realign your body, reset your mind, reset all those points and get super, super relaxed. I mean, I feel honestly like in an hour that I get into like a deep sleep state. It's profound. It's it's a really wonderful thing. Like I said, some of these, you know, will cost cranial sacral. If you find a good person, I pay about 90 uh, for an hour. And to me, it's, it's worth every penny. Obviously it's a cost, you know, so, you know, put that in your bucket list to save up for if you can afford it. But it's a it's a wonderful tool. And if, if you can do it, I highly, highly recommend it. It's very powerful at really training your body to find that relaxation response and to connect to it. It's, it's a really wonderful tool. Number three, this one's on the emotional, spiritual side. Uh, emotion code. Emotion code is something I've talked about several times. And I always plug my good friend, Lee Mudrow. Lee uh, you can go to our website, leemudro.com, L-E-E-M-U-D-R-O.com. 
And she does something called the Emotion Code, which you can do some research on. It's been uh, endorsed by Tony Robbins recently. It's a huge, huge deal. She's actually certified as a body code practitioner, which is like the, the highest level of certification. So she went through both programs. Very, very interesting. Another thing that's profoundly helped me and my ability to respond to triggers and emotions. You know, the, the idea behind the emotion code is the emotions get stuck in our bodies and organs and muscles and different things like this. Your body's like a giant hard drive for these experiences. So you know, a lot of times that can build up and, you know, you have triggers that you're constantly reacting to. And it's, if you find that it's the same argument, but with different people, it's these triggers inside of us that have been there since a long time, since we were kids. Well, there's a lot of ways to do work emotionally and to release that. And the emotion code is extremely simple. I mean, you literally don't have to do anything. Although I do suggest going into it with an intention, being open-minded, go into it with an intention and, you know, see it as a practice. It's not a one done deal. It's the same thing with a massage or cranial sick or any of these things. You know, it's not like once and then, oh, pff, I'm cured of stress. It's about having it as a practice. The emotion code is something that I have as a practice. I do it once a month with Lee and she's amazing. It's She has done so much good work with so many people to help them remove physiologically induced stress pain that they couldn't get rid of with medication, with all kinds of things. You know, she did it through the emotion code. And, you know, my, in my particular book, it's helped me a lot with triggers, with being more at peace, not getting triggered by certain things, getting breakthroughs and letting go of a lot of things, you know, which again, that's all in your nervous system. That's in the coding of how you behave, how you act. Now, the decisions that you make, the things that you think and believe, that's all encoded in your nervous system. And when you change the information, you also change what you respond to, what you react to. And the emotion code can do that. It's it's very profound. It's it's energy work, if you know a little bit about that, kind of like Reiki, although I don't want to compare it to that, but it's it's in that field. And it's it's very powerful. I mean, trust me, I was a huge skeptic when I started it. But I've been doing it now for about a year and a half with Lee, and it's dramatically changed my life in so many ways. So highly recommend it, leemudrow.com. Check it out. Number four is acupuncture, also another therapy that costs, obviously. Uh, so these first four, you know, they're, they're therapies that cost probably anywhere between, I'd say maybe 70 to to $100 a session. And you have to see what, what makes the biggest difference for you. You know, for example, for me, cranial sacral, is probably first on the physiological list. You know, massage, craniosacral, acupuncture, all those are physical, physio physiological things. I probably, for me personally, would rate cranial sacral first. But some people swear by acupuncture, you know, to help them. The Chinese medicine uh, system is based on all this stuff about the parasympathetic nervous system, the meridian points, how different points are stimulating different reactions and things like that in your body, heat and cold, bringing circulation to different parts of your body so they can operate fun, you know, at a more aligned state. So it's, it's a very old and very powerful system that's been around for a long time. I've done a lot of acupuncture. I've done uh, Chinese medicine, like teas and herbal remedies for a lot of different things. So they can do a lot of different things. If you have a good TCM practitioner that you trust, uh, they're a very valuable asset. Some people swear by it. So again, you have to just try these with an open mind and see what really gets the difference for you. That's what it's all about, results. Number five, a still point. This is free. Still point is a tool from cranial sacral therapy and chiropractic, and it works with the spinal fluid uh, 
pulse of, of the spine that we just talked about. Basically, what it does is it allows you to get still, to relax and kind of totally unwind. So what you do is you put two tennis balls in a sock. Make sure you tie the, the sock up. And then you lay down comfortably on a mat or you know, a bed or something. And then you put the two balls at the base of your skull, right where the, the kind of the pokey part is or the atlas, if you know what that is. It's like the, the final bone of the spine that connects to your skull but at the base of your skull and you just lay on it for about five minutes i lay on it you know even longer sometimes but it's a really useful tool i do it at night before i sleep and it just kind of helps to calm things down it helps to just unwind you naturally you don't have to do anything you don't have to do any special breathing just lay there relax and watch your body just unwind it's really interesting it's a very good tool to help you kind of connect to that relaxation response and strengthen your rest and digest system. Number six, this one also doesn't cost you a thing. In fact, it'll save you money. Fasting. Fasting gives a break to to digest the system. It also teaches you mindfulness. It helps you, you know, rest by taking a break from everything. It also gives you a sense of appreciation. And there's a lot of things that kick in physiologically when you fast at least 24 hours uh, to to help your body kind of recycle junk that's been piled up. You know, again, we have different modes. It's all about yin and yang. It's about the balance between the two. That's the dance of life. And one thing that your body has to deal with as a constant stress is digestion and eating. You know, especially today, we eat so much calorie-dense foods rather than nutrient-dense foods. You know, that it's a constant attack. Your body's like, oh, my God, like, how am I going to deal with all this stuff? you know, fried food, toxins, you know, starchy carbs, a ton of sugar spiking. It's a real stress for your body. So fasting allows you to reset, to reclean. It helps rebirth everything. It's a great tool. I have put together a whole PDF and episode on this that breaks this down into a lot of detail. It gives you all the different ways to do it. It gives you a you know, step-by-step guide on how to implement into your life. Go to danceoflife.com slash fasting. So if you want to go check it out again, danceoflife.com slash fasting. It's a free PDF guide, all the different things in there to help you implement this. There's a lot of different reasons to implement fasting in your life. A lot of different ways that people are doing it wrong. Uh, So make sure that if you do want to explore this, it's a powerful, powerful tool uh, to implement your life in in a variety of different ways. Go check it out, danceoflife.com slash fasting. Number seven, mindful eating, another free thing you can do. Uh, mindful eating, you know, it's it's a tool because ultimately how we eat is also very stressed out. And if you recall, you can't, you can't put the pedal on the gas and on the brake at the same time. Your body can't do that. It has to either go one or the other. So it took, this is a lesson that took me a long time to learn is when I eat to like first center myself, drop my energy down, get low in the ground, get relaxed, make sure I'm just there. I'm just breathing a little bit before I eat, you know, give thanks, whatever it is that you need to do. I've come out with some episodes recently on mindful eating, so make sure you check them out. But at the end of the day, it's just about dropping down into a relaxed state and making sure you stay that way as you eat. No phone, no news, no TV, no people in the background, no standing up while you eat, no arguing, like just again, common sense, right? That's not so common. We just want to be as relaxed as possible when that food, when that nourishment 
enters the body so that your body is as aligned as possible to process it. Because if you're stressed out, your digestion is one of the first things that suffers. And take it first from me firsthand. I learned this firsthand from my own habits of allowing myself to be too stressed out. I developed some digestive issues, you know, that I had to work through. So mindful eating has become a huge practice in my life, and I'm trying as much as possible to give myself time to eat, to eat slowly, to appreciate, to give myself time after I eat to stay there, you know, for a good like couple minutes. Just let it settle. You know, don't jump into the next thing. Eating is sacred. It's one of the fundamental experiences of life. And so that when we relax and eat, that's you're training yourself to, to strengthen that rest and digest system. Number eight, meditation or breath work. You know, there's different kinds of meditation and breath work out there. I'll share four with you. The first one is a box breath. And this is basically where you breathe in for four counts, hold it for four Breathe out for four and then hold it again for four. So basically you're drawing a box with each each of those different things. Uh, The second one is tracing your breath, kind of like, you know, sitting quietly somewhere and feeling the air coming through your nose and tracing it in the back of your throat all the way down into your stomach, coming back out through your diaphragm and up through your mouth. You know, good, something that helped me, I'm very visual uh, it may be kind of weird, but go and look up a cross section of like the ear, nose, and throat, or even deeper than that, like into the stomach, so that you can visualize that happening as you trace your breath. That really helped me out. Uh, the third one is fire breath. This is like a Kundalini technique where we basically breathe really fast through the nose. So you can do like 30 really quick breaths just through your nose. This is something I would suggest going looking up a YouTube tutorial on, uh, but it's just a, a good way to wake up in the morning and get present. Anytime you need some energy, do 30 quick breaths and then do three really slow breaths like through the mouth. So the quick ones are just through the nose and then the uh, slow ones to help kind of help you slow down a little bit their nose through the mouth. That's called fire breath. And then uh, the final breath meditation work that I would suggest. Again, all this breathing, why is it important? Before I share this last one, because this one's kind of like, especially related to this, but all this is training you to breathe through your diaphragm. So when you breathe in a stressed out state, your breath becomes more shallow. You breathe through your shoulders, you're holding your tension really high. It's just, a, it's, a, it's, it's a programming in your nervous system how you stand, how you sit, how you breathe, all those things are nervous system programs. It's software that's telling your body how to behave. And a lot of it is beyond our observation. It just happens automatically. We all have these little nervous tics that we use, especially when we breathe. So when you learn to breathe low and low in your body, you're training and strengthening that vagus nerve, that rest and digest breath to be relaxed under pressure because it's a it's a spiraling out of control system. When you breathe shallow, you need more air, but you're breathing less, and so it gets less and less and less, you know, and so you're freaking out more and more and you get more anxiety, your body's freaking out. But if you learn to go low when there's stress, to use your diaphragm, to breathe, you know, through your stomach, through your lower body, that's a super powerful tool physiologically to help you kind of get out of that stress state, even if you're having a really stressful situation. So the final way to to do some breath work that I'll share with you is kind of, I call it the, the three-layered spine. 
I learned this from a chiropractor, really awesome guy. Unfortunately, he passed away last year, super bummed out, but he basically taught me how to do this. And it's from something called network spinal chiropractic, which is, which is kind of like this new, relatively new type of chiropractic. It's very interesting stuff if you look it, into it. But it's kind of like energy work and chiropractic. Very, very cool. It was life-changing for me, but unfortunately he was the only one that practiced it in my area and he passed away randomly. <laughs> so it was, it was very unfortunate. But this one thing I'll remember forever. This exercise, basically you put your hand uh, on your chest and you imagine your breath going into your hand and filling up that chest and then bring it back out. So you just keep doing it until you see the spine pulsating at that top part at the cervical part basically it's the you know the chest and the back and then you slide your hand down a little bit more to the middle right about where your diaphragm is and then you breathe into that and you allow that to have some movement and then you do it all the way down to your lower abdomen and you feel that you can breathe through your lower abdomen and then out through the back through that lumbar spine so you can do this as many times as you want and cycle through but basically the idea is to free up that spine through that breath work and, and practice directing the breath to different parts of the body and spine. That's a very powerful breath work and it helps to, again, get your mind present. Meditating just for the sake of meditating, clearing your mind, it's impossible. You need to give your mind something to do, to focus on, and breathing is the simplest thing to do that. So there's a lot of different tools for you to use there to strengthen your ability to be present and relaxed. And also diaphragmatic breathing. Again, vagus nerve, diaphragmatic breathing, all of that's related so you're strengthening that muscle uh, in times of stress. Number nine, cold shower. This is a great and proven thing to really strengthen a lot of different parts of your, your body's rest and digest, your resilience. There's a lot of good benefits to it. You know, the science is mixed uh, from what I've read. There's not enough studies in it, obviously, because it's something that's free. Nobody can patent a cold shower. But one thing for sure that I use it for is the vasoconstrictive benefits. What does that mean? Vaso is your blood vessels, constrictive is squeeze. So I usually take a hot shower, get really hot, you know, do my thing, whatever. And then when I switch to cold, you know, your blood vessels expand when it's heat. And there's a lot of benefits to being hot as well. So I do both. Cold makes them constrict. So again, you're kind of pumping that blood through your whole body, getting that blood you know, pump through your body is very, very good benefit. And it helps you also with a lot of other different stress responses. Cold has different benefits on your endocannabinoid system, if you're familiar with that. It helps you be present. It helps you give you some confidence in the morning. It's like a challenge that you can overcome. It get energizes you. You don't always feel energized afterwards. So there's a lot of good physiological, psychological benefits that help to get you present and get you in that rest and digest you know, invigorated state. Number 10, if you recall way back when I said I don't do number 10, this is it. Vocalizations, I should do more of this, but humming, singing, speaking, doing your ohms, you know, using your your voice, uh, talking gibberish, whatever it is, screaming, singing out loud. This is a, a proven way actually that strengthens that vagus nerve tone because you're activating that whole area, you know, when you're when you're using the, the vocal cords and really singing from your gut, right? That's really what it's all about. You see a lot of these tribes and things like that, that 
we wanted to emanate sound from deep down. That's a tri- it's a primordial thing that we used to do, and we've kind of gotten out of touch with it today. And it's the same thing with dancing, same thing with music. You know, we've all kind of separated it, but dancing, music, singing, all that stuff was all one thing, and it was a a way that we could connect to spirit, to connect to something higher. So it's very therapeutic to move your body to, you know, use vocalizations, all these kind of things. Number 11, gut microbiome and making sure that you're keeping up on that. You know, there's a lot of communication between the the microbiome in your gut and all of the nervous system that's going on. They're constantly sending, you know, communication about what neurotransmitters to create, you know, what you should crave. I mean, it's, it's actually fascinating to the degree that these little critters control our mood, our cravings, who we are, what we think, it's its fascinating. So having a healthy gut microbiome is one of the most important things that you can do for overall health, let alone parasympathetic nervous system. Because again, the neurotransmitters like uh, dopamine and serotonin and things like this, all are getting, most of them are getting created in the gut. So your gut microbiome is a very important part of your health strategy. All those other things were free. Uh, the gut microbiome, obviously, you know, you can get that through food. You can also get it through supplements. So there is a little bit of cost there, but look, it's minimal and making sure also that you avoid the crappy stuff like unnecessary antibiotics or, you know, sugars that feed candida, all these things that are not good for overall health also affect your gut microbiome and in turn your you know, parasympathetic nervous system. It's all related, guys. Yeah, I hope if you're seeing what, what I'm seeing is that health is all related. You know, one thing can't be isolated from another. So it's all about the go- the greater picture of what you do and how many of these things can you implement on a regular basis to balance out all the other things that are happening that are not good for you. Number 12, EFAs. This is, you can get this through diet, essential fatty acids. You can get it through supplements. A lot of really important roles that EFAs have in the body, especially with brain and heart tissue. Uh, for the brain and the and nervous, the nervous system in general, they the EFAs they control the layers and the integrity of the cells and the, the protective layering of the cells around the nervous system. The myelin sheaths; these are little protective kind of things around the wiring, basically, that help insulate it. So if you eat fried foods or things that don't have healthy fats in them, your body doesn't have the tools to rebuild these and and protect them from oxidation, from damage, which leads to long-term problems. Obviously, heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, all these things that we see, degenerative diseases, they're because, in large part, people over the long course of their lives are not taking care of themselves. But EFAs are very useful. It helps with your heart. And of course, that translates to a healthier heart and healthier heart rate variability and your ability to have healthier brain and and being able to think clearly focused go back down you know a lot of it is the interplay between your body and your mind right so part of this is mindset like if i tell you to go eat mindfully a lot of that is how you approach it from a mindset perspective but then there's also the matter of what you eat you could eat mindfully and go to mcdonald's well that's half of the picture right? If you're eating mindfully, but you're eating at McDonald's, then that's a real problem. Because of the long term, you can eat as mindfully as you want, you're still going to create some problems in your health. So it's about having both, you know, your EFAs help your brain and your body and nervous system be more conductive and, and operate the way it's supposed to. 
if you have a faulty brain, it makes it a lot harder to have good mindset, to be grateful, and to do all these types of things. So it's all tied into one picture. So last but not least, speaking of gratitude, gratitude practice. That's a great way to strengthen your rest and digest system because having a practice of gratitude, guys, having a a practice of appreciation, of slowing down, of finding stillness, of recovering from obstacles, learning how to reframe, learning how to restructure your day if something changes and you don't like it, learning how to find something to appreciate in a challenge. All these things are such important skills, mindset tools that help you come back to appreciation, help you avoid the eight toxic obstacles. And all of these is outlined in my book on gratitude, The Gratitude Map. All of that's free. You can download it at thegratitudemap.com. Free book, free mini course. It'll help you get your own daily gratitude practice up and running, custom gratitude practice. We have a Facebook group, daily gratitude practice. All that stuff is super important because again, you know, if you have good health, in this case, we'll do it the other way. If you have good health, you're taking supplements, all this stuff, but you're complaining easily, you get frustrated, you don't deal with challenges well, those eight obstacles that I outline in the book, if they get to you easily, it doesn't matter how healthy, quote unquote, you are with, with your other habits, your mind is toxic, right? So it's all about having both and having a gratitude practice for me saved my life. I mean, there's every day that there's a challenge and that we slip. And again, we're moving towards what we want. We're away from what we want every day through decisions that we make. Having a gratitude practice and reminding myself to slow down, to appreciate, to connect, it's so much more than gratitude. It's its living a balanced life. So that's a huge part to maintaining a rest and digest system, a balanced nervous system so that you're not so on overdrive all the time and ready to fire. Super important. So make sure you download your free mini course. Get your free book, thegratitudemap.com. Super proud of it, and I'm happy to share it with you. I hope it changes your life. So there you go, 13 ways to power up your parasympathetic nervous system. Let's do a little wrap-up. Here we go. All right, everybody. Well, I hope that inspired you with at least one or two things that you can add to your own routine, guys, to have a little more balance in your life. We're living in a culture that is based on go, go, go. It's based on achievement, on driving, on results. And sometimes we can drive ourselves a little crazy with that. Your body is an amazing machine and it's a machine that's there to serve you. The nervous system is also the wiring of that machine. It's the software. So all of that is designed to serve you and you have to be responsible for it. It all works together. The body, the mind is a dynamic system and it needs to practice. It needs to evolve just like a muscle. If you want to grow some muscle, it's it's not going to happen just by eating protein. It's going to happen by challenging it a little bit, putting it in a fire, and of course, also eating you know, healthy and eating that protein. So it's a combination. And today we gave you a little, some physical tools that you can employ, some mindset tools, some supplements, some different uh, practices, but it all comes down to the P word, practice. You got to practice. So I hope it inspired you with a couple tools Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm always curious to hear what works for you. So let me know. Email me, tutor at danceoflife.com or at tutor Alexander. Let me know which one of these made the biggest difference for you. Practice it in the next week and let me know which one made the biggest difference for you. If you want to be a superstar, do at least two or three and report. Let me know. And let's not forget 
our inspirational quote from good old Herodotus back in the Greek days. If a man insisted always on being serious and never allowed himself a bit of fun and relaxation, he would go mad or become unstable without knowing it. That's important, the last part. Become unstable without knowing it. You know, life is not about results, achievement, getting to the next point. We live in the present moment. Learn to enjoy it because that's all where you exist. Sure, the the future is important, and it's always going to be full of opportunity, and you should be creating the future as well. But at the end of the day, you live in the present moment, so let's not forget that. Let's not forget to connect to the present moment and not get lost to the future moment. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope it's inspired you, it's empowered you with some new tools. Tune in on Tuesday for some Transformation Tuesday. And next Friday, I'm going to be interviewing my good friend, Irene Hammond. She's a coach, a real estate agent, an author on manifesting miracles and conscious creation. We're going to be getting some really cool stuff, so make sure you don't miss it, especially now with all this practice on your rest and digest system. You'll be ready to create from that space, from the space of abundance, from the space of relaxation and stillness. Can't wait. Until then, remember that your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.